Every time I meet more of myself, I can know and love more of you. Young Pueblo. Hey buds, welcome to the Before the Bloom podcast where we grow through what we go through by sharing life lessons all rooted in love and grounded in hope. I am your host Jasmine aka Brave Beauty 26. So Erica Badu has a song called On and On and some of the most memorable lyrics are I was born underwater with three dollars and six dimes. Yeah you may laugh because you did not do your math. <laughs> a few years ago, I remember her explain the meaning of those lyrics. She said it meant she was born whole and complete. Like a lot of people of faith, when I was younger, I relied on other people's experiences with God and what other people told me about God. And somewhere along the lines, I misinterpret that to mean, understand that I had to be perfect for God, that I needed to earn God's love and mercy. I didn't understand that it was just something that I was born with. That shift in perspective was very important to me. So when I finally got to a place in my life where I personally experienced the power, the grace, the love and mercy of God, um, understanding that it was available to me all the time, and I just need to tap into it and seek his heart. It made me want to pursue God even more because in God's will is where miracles happen. It's where I'm able to be strong in weakness. It's where I can do all things. It's where I can get beauty for ashes. This last year, I started going to God for everything. Um, primarily because like when my marriage fell apart and their stresses on the business because I'm learning how to work with someone that I don't know when my best friend and I are like disconnected and it seems like there's not a lot of places where I would normally go to kind of seek guidance and advice and so it was interesting that like as it should like Jesus became a best friend um and I guess that that kind of changes how um, probably I'll seek advice in the future. But that's definitely what I think happened is that um, I just started to go into God for everything. I mean, I mean, when um, when it came to my marriage and discerning the next move, I went to God. When it was having these disagreements with my business partner, I was looking at Bible studies about how to settle disagreements. And like um, when it came to clarity about the kind of opportunities I should pursue or what kind of relationships I should be involved in, whatever the case, or when to move forward with someone, when to stop, when all those things, I just consistently went to God. And um, I think... For me, most importantly, I started going to God for my character flaws, being honest with myself about what those are, and going to God to understand how I could become the woman that I'm destined to be. I am a recovering perfectionist. I like to say recovering, but I am still very much... (laughs) I'm still very much a perfectionist. I just understand like what perfectionism can do, how perfectionism can stall you out. Um, 
So I'm like working on that part of me. But I've always, even as a child, like, and I I talked about this last episode, um, where that came from, I've been trapped in like this goody two shoes persona and the need to appear perfect or well put together. And cancer taught me the power in sharing my struggles and being honest about my weaknesses and, um, and an authentic way. And that's been very freeing and empowering for me. I don't think I've ever been slowed down and isolated enough to really deal with the parts of myself that I'm not proud of. But I feel like God has been priming me for this season of growth for a long time. It's easy to ignore or excuse our own dysfunction, our own character flaws. Sometimes we're afraid to touch the parts that hurt. We don't want to revisit painful experiences. We worry about how the people are going to see us or other people love us. If they know everything about us, um, will they accept us? If they know that we're not perfect or that we have struggles in these different areas, but there's something about my willingness to examine me honestly and intentionally with love and grace that's making me feel more whole than I have felt in my entire life. Changes that heal says spiritual growth requires love, grace, and truth. And I would agree. Being honest with myself about areas that need to be healed and improved, but not from a place of blame or guilt or shame, simply from the desire of wanting to know better so I can do better and be better. And knowing that I'm already loved is allowing me to learn how to love myself as I'm becoming instead of waiting until um, I've become to love myself. Does that make sense? Let me say that again. Being in this space where I am examining myself with love and grace and truth is allowing me to learn to love myself as I'm becoming instead of waiting to love myself when I become. It's probably difficult to feel whole when we deny parts of ourselves. If anything, we force ourselves to operate with a void And some people fill that void in different ways. Um, We can fill that void with depression. We can fill that void with sex, with people, with addictions. Um, We can fill that void with all kinds of, with with purpose, right? With career and goals and and things of that nature. And um, the thing is, those things will get our minds not focused on the problem, but they'll never fill the void will always be be trying to fill that gap until we're ready to look at ourselves holistically. Um, when we make the choice to heal ourselves, we heal our bloodline. I, I'm going to talk to you guys more about epigenetics because I think I'm nerding out about epigenetics. It's, it's really just this idea of um, genetically passing down trauma. And how that can last up to like five generations. And I've asked this question before. What if the things that we've been calling generational curses, we've been giving so much power to, are things that we could solve on a spiritual level? 
So yeah, when we make the choice to heal ourselves, we essentially heal our bloodline. We make peace with the past through empathy and understanding, and we create a new pathway for the future. So until we address every part of ourselves, even the part of ourselves that we don't like with grace and truth, not only are we bound to repeat the same painful behaviors, but we pass those behaviors down to our children. And unless they make the choice to address the parts of those cells that they don't like, then they pass those on to their children. And that's how we keep that trauma going for generations and generations. Now, I wasn't able to break the generational curse of divorce for the women in my family. Um, and as a perfectionist, that feels like a failure, though, like with grace, it's not a failure. It's just a thing that happened. It was my lesson. Um, it's a thing that will help me um, help my children. Um, and so what I'm doing now, having not been the person to break that curse, though I was the one to break the teen pregnancy curse on that, right? Um, I'm doing everything I can now to do what I can within myself to give birth to a daughter that is learning the healed version of those behaviors that keep marriages together. So my next marriage will be my last one, Lord willing, right? Um, and she'll be able to inherit behaviors that are created from healing and love and not destruction and dysfunction. Now, working through my character flaws also frees up my heart from anger and resentment. As I mentioned in my Instagram video about love meaning different things, I mentioned what people, I mentioned that people can only love and forgive with the capacity that they can love and forgive themselves. And that oftentimes our inability to love and forgive other people is rooted in our inability inability to address our own issues with, with truth and grace. Now, last week I made the, this is a a great example of that, right? Um, So last week I made the comment about not wanting to feel like a parent to my spouse. And this week I learned about dependency and dating from deficiency. So there are times when we can confuse someone's gifts with character. And we give them ownership of being the solution for our flaws instead of us doing the work to address our issues. Now, the example that they gave in the book was about money management. So let's say that Sarah is not good with money management. Sarah tends to overspend. And this was really about this idea of opposites attract and how that can be dangerous in some situations because having differences is good when your partner makes you better. Having differences becomes a problem when you use your partner to fill your void. So Sarah likes to overspend and John is good at money management, but because Sarah likes to overspend, John now has to take on the responsibility of dealing with the issues that arise arise when Sarah overspends. Instead of Sarah taking responsibility for her spending problem, and learning how to manage her finances better. Now, it was in that moment I realized that I may have felt like a parent to my ex on the business side of running the house, but he probably felt like a parent to me on the 
domestic aspects of running the house because we had both just decided that we weren't going to learn the way to do it to just give the responsibility to the other person and that creates resentment that creates that parent-child dynamic that can create a loss of freedom or and a, a sense or issues with responsibilities and, and all of those things. So guys, I'm telling you, boundaries and dating has been like a, a life changing book for me. Um, understanding how my behaviors could have impacted someone else, why my behaviors are the way they are, and looking at how to change those things. But that's a topic for another day. But boundaries and dating, a great book, a great book, okay? Now, he may have some, he may be holding some resentment towards me for that. But I can understand that now because I'm giving myself grace for not knowing the impact of my actions. And now I can extend that same grace to him. So that's what this process has been like for me. It hasn't been about blaming and shaming and guilt and any of that. It's been about wanting to get a different result in my life and being willing to do the work within myself to get that result. Because I don't want to go through another divorce again if I can help it. Um, I don't want to waste time pursuing fruitless relationships at all, honestly. I don't want to run from my purpose and the best that God has to offer me because I'm afraid to be completely and beautifully flawed and imperfect because God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things every day, every day. If God only used perfect people, he'd be using no one, right? And we don't have to be afraid to sit with ourselves to restore the voids in our life. It only gets better. It only gets better. So this week, I just want to tell you one thing, right? Don't settle for 325 when you can have $3 and six dimes. All right, boo, it is within your reach. And with that being said, I will talk to you guys next week. Have a good one.